Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Friday Night Mike's podcast under our new banner, Freaking Geeks Media. Yes, if we if you haven't noticed, our website has shifted over to a new website. FridayNightMikes.com is totally gone. We are now FreakingGeeks.com. And we've bannered all our podcasts under this new title, Freaking Geeks Media, because we're getting way too many podcasts to be having different websites for. And we decided, hey, why don't we just throw them all under one title and then we can do whatever we want to do. Right. Right. Yeah, we came to this decision a little while ago, uh, about about two, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We started uh, throwing around the idea of kind of putting it all under a centralized website which makes a lot more sense and it cuts down on costs and uh, it's easy for people to go to one website obviously and find you know information and the podcasts and and what we have if they don't already know about all the podcasts that we're doing so this really uh, streamlines everything for us and we're excited for it and uh, on top of that by the time you listen to this episode we will have a patreon page up so for anybody that doesn't know what Patreon is, it's a site that allows uh, us to basically make a living doing what we love, which is podcasting. So if you go to Patreon, check it out. If you go there, it is uh, www.patreon.com slash freaking geeks. And if you, uh, if you do that, you will find that uh, we have perks, you know. For subscribing, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So what it is is you subscribe uh, to varying levels of uh, the perks that you get. So a dollar you get this for three dollars you get this and and five and twelve no, no. and so on and so forth. Um, and so we have some pretty cool stuff going on there, like loot crate giveaways each month, right? So that's pretty yes. cool. Um, t-shirt that's got our logo on it. Yep, t-shirts that have a brand new logo on it. Uh, you can. Uh, join us for a podcast uh, episode if you if you want. You can uh, pick out a movie for us to review because we're going to be unveiling a new podcast here called Freaking Geeks Podcast. It's going to allow us to cover anything we want to talk about, anything geeky, anything movie wise, games, books, whatever. Uh, so it's pretty it's pretty awesome. We're really excited for it. Yeah, because basically we've realized that we get off on a lot of tangents and figured, like we might as well just dedicate a podcast to like whatever we're into that week because we defer- desperately need like an outlet to, you know, go into in-depth about the stuff that we like each week, like s- a couple weeks ago Stranger Things and now it's going to be Westworld, I can feel it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, great show, by the way. Awesome pilot. Go watch it. Um. Yeah, so this has uh, been something that we, we've been talking about for a little while, and we just decided to do it. And now that we've done it, we kind of want to extend the invitation to you to check out Patreon. Like I said, there's a lot of great things you get if you do join Patreon, uh, which is a free thing to do. You can make a free account and then you know, subscribe to – there's so many podcasts on there and so many things on there to check out. It's, it's amazing. Um but yeah, there's so many cool perks uh, that you get. You get special episodes uh, that you wouldn't get otherwise. You get a patron, special patron feed um, that gets you a chance to interact with other members. And uh, once a month, we'll be doing a Freaking Geeks uh, broadcast on Discord. So those are some really cool things that we haven't been able to offer 
right, until we join Patreon because it gives us a way to make this one website where you get to check out everything that we have to offer and what you can get for becoming a member. So uh, we just want to extend the invitation, check it out, and if it's something you feel like you want to do, then feel free to join, subscribe, and uh, get all the awesome stuff that we'd like to give out. Yeah, and for a little more incentive, the first few episodes of Freaking Geeks podcast will be Halloween-esque kind of themed, and then we're going to do a... uh, a bonus Halloween episode. We're talking about doing this. So if you're a subscriber or somebody who's pledged to Patreon, you'll be able to have access to episodes like that. We might do specials around like Christmas time that only subscribers to Patreon will get. And there's all kinds of just perks and stuff. We're going to be doing lots of stuff for them. Yep. All right. So now that we've made that super special announcement, let's uh, let's head into the reason that you're listening to this podcast, which is we're reviewing episode 14, season one of Friday Night Lights. The title is Upping the Ante. Yep. And uh, this is a really great episode. I, I say this every week. It's just it's like it's like I should just insert the clip. I should just play it so I don't have to even <laughs> say it. it. It's ridiculous, but. Um, just like commentate from now on. We'll have it playing and then just like put our two cents over it. <laughs> right. That's a right. good scene. <laughs> right. All right. So anyway, this is uh, a really good episode and a lot of fantastic things are going on here with a lot of different characters. They have created some interesting dynamics in this episode, um, pairing off characters that at first blush don't seem like they would mesh at all but wow they really do and 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 shading some some really cool stuff regarding characters that we thought we had a pretty good peg on but um, we're seeing some new stuff from them so uh so let's jump right into it this opening scene oh my god I'm in love with Jason in this scene. Like, he's just not taking no crap no more. Buddy Garrity is completely, you know, uh, you know, mocking him and, you know, trying to push him. And he's just not taking it lying down anymore. And Buddy Garrity's face when he says, yeah, well, you know what? She's going to go with me and we're going to get married. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is the best face. (laughs) Yeah, we we picked out the ring today. Um, It's just, I mean... I mean, to be fair, I, I don't think any parents <laughs> would – having the news been, bro- been broken to them that way uh, would be just jumping up and down unless it's something they've been waiting for for a while. Yeah. Right. So uh, to be fair, that's pretty surprising news. I mean, even her, his – even his her mother, who seems to be the much more supportive of the two parents, just the look of shock on her face was just like, what? <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's tough, but right. I mean, Buddy was just being a real asshole, you know. I mean, he was just good at yeah, true. But sometimes he can be a bit of a lovable asshole, um, in in his own Buddy way. But uh, in this scene, definitely not. I mean, he was just being full grade A prick, and it just it it didn't sit well with with anybody. I mean, you know, her mom was just like Buddy, you know stop it and lila obviously was not having it either but yeah i mean jason was just being fully 
engaged in this, you know, war of words between he and, and Buddy, and it just uh, it just spiraled out of control. I think. Yeah, so, I loved it though. Yeah, <laughs> I loved seeing Jason just have a backbone against people. Now it's wonderful. Right. Uh, all right. So, so then we have this uh, this scene with Matt and Julie. <laughs> Poor Matt. <laughs> Right. Every episode, poor Matt. <laughs> right. But in this episode, so he and Julie are sitting there having this nice conversation in the restaurant. Uh, they seem to be having a great time. And all of a sudden, the broadcast that's going on with, you know, the football guys up there, they're all of a sudden, it's like, Matt Saracen, get up here and, you know, just talk to us. Let's, you know, interview you and have this really great quick conversation. Well, at least Matt thinks it's going to be like five minutes and I'll be back. But, it, I mean, they don't say how long. Right, but but we get a good indication it's been some time because Julie is outside sitting on the wall reading a book. So it's been half an hour, forty five minutes, you know, hour yeah, maybe. I mean, so who fun. knows? <laughs> right, and she's just like like I'm sure she's bored out of her mind. Right, so and before he can barely apologize to her, he gets thrown into a car by Riggins and Smash off to God knows where to a party or something and she's left without like a ride <laughs> the poor thing right right she's like what the like what the hell am i supposed to do Huge um jerk. and thank and thankfully um tyra comes out of the restaurant and it looks like her shift's over and she asks julie if you know you need a ride and i'll take you home and i never really noticed it until those two were standing next to each other but julie just looks like baby tyra i know right right Right. It's weird. And this is what I was saying when I first started out, you know, this episode here talking that these are two characters that you never would have thought these two would ever have any interaction at all. Maybe in the entire history of the show, but they do. And it it works. It really works. Like, I like I'm on board completely. I'm 100 percent on board with this friendship. It's like awesome. Because, well, I mean, it's first of all, it's two opposites, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a case. So you have Julie, who is like the most perfect good girl, really. Um, and then you have Tyra, who is, you know, kind of like the, the bad girl in town. You know, she's she's Tyra. <laughs> and yeah, she and, needs no explanation. Right. Uh, and, and so it just it doesn't feel like it's some something that would mesh well. But Julie's such a nice person that you feel like she's very open to other people in general yeah and not trying to you know not to be judge very judgmental and and i guess that serves her well here because she just kind of like rolls with it i mean they go to the strip club to, to pick up her sister oh and God, I, I love that oh like where are we going like oh my work my strip club right which it brought back uh family flashback for me because one of the first times i met my husband's um brother's uh, we had to pick them up at a strip club because they were drunk out of their minds. And it was my first impression of them. And they're just like hooting and hollering in the back of the car. And we're like trying to drive them home. They're like, no, I didn't get Cherry's number. And we have to go back. It's <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to spend time with you this is, this, anymore. Is, this is what you're in for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm so glad I got the sane one. <laughs> right. Um. I wrote something down here. I said, um, with regards to to Matt and Julie, um, it, the whole the whole scene in the restaurant 
uh, it was the downside of being QB one, and it's the downside of being QB one's girlfriend. Truly. Right. So this is like the first time really this has actually happened. Like up until this point, all the stuff they've had to deal with in their relationship has been, you know, a lot of it. It was the tentative getting together. Um, Julie, I think finally fully admitting her feelings for Matt and her attraction. And then they just kind of like did it, you know, just kind of jumped into it. And that's been great. And the relationship seems really good because, you know, that the scene in the restaurant before he gets caught up there, I mean, they're having great chemistry, you know, right. They're just talking, having a good time, you know, like two people that have been dating for, you know, a while long enough to where the awkward part has since passed. Yeah, they're right. in the part of the relationship where they're fully comfortable with each other, but haven't had enough interaction as a couple with other people that they can be completely comfortable in groups. Sure, that's that sounds fair. Yeah, that sounds fair. I like that. That's a good point. Yeah, poor Julie. <laughs> right. This whole episode is just like poor Julie. Uh, well, don't worry. We'll be we'll be getting back to Julie. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Smash. Um, he's he's getting it pretty rough from from Coach. He's getting it rough from Coach, and he's rough on himself. He is. Um, yeah, with Smash, um, you know, it's been pretty. He's been pretty hard on on him uh, with with Coach. Uh, kind of just just so hard on him, and you can see that there's this effect. You know, he's really he's really hard on himself. It's like how, he can't apologize enough, and he, it's like he doesn't know what else to do, right? Yeah, so he's just pushing himself, and it's all he knows how to do. Right. I mean, he's kind of just taking the. I hate to say the word abuse in a way, but I mean, I guess, I guess it is right. I mean, he, look, I mean, he on one hand he deserves it, right? I mean, he was doing stupid stuff, and it could cost, you know, Eric his job. Yeah. So it's not like this is something that doesn't have consequences not just to smash his body his health um and his dreams i mean it is a lot that he was there was a lot that he was um putting on the line here yeah it's his ass on the line for him right so yeah so anyway he kind of does that and he really comes down hard on him and and then we move on to this, <laughs> this scene where tim is he's in the courthouse oh. and apparently he has a fine. Lay shock. Right. <laughs> really lay shock. <laughs> and he can't he can't just pay the fine. Uh, he, and his brother Billy is not his guardian, legal guardian, and so therefore the judge is like, "Hey, look, if you just get your your uh, parent or legal guardian to sign this, bring it back, pay the fine, we will just forget this and, and move on." So cut him some slack again because he's Panthers. Yeah, because he's a football player. Yep. Um, so Matt, or Matt, uh, <laughs> Tim, uh, Tim has to go looking for Daddy, and Billy is really uncomfortable regarding this because it's just we've heard his father mentioned a few times, his parents in general, but his father's been mentioned uh, more. And it's obvious that something happened a few years earlier. And yeah, because it, it Billy thinks he's just. Oof. It was well, it wasn't good, obviously. And his father's gone, and 
maybe maybe his father has him a back sense. I mean, who knows what it was? My guess, if I if I had to guess, I'm you know physical abuse. I'm sure there was some stuff going on, you know, between um, he and his wife. So. Yeah, because he looks like he has an anger problem. Yeah, yeah, he does, and and I think there was a something said later on in the episode where I think Tim says something like, "I was, I was twelve, but I wasn't blind, or something like that." Yeah, I was ten, but I was blind. Ten, I wasn't blind. So obviously, yeah. So, you know, Riggins is what sixteen, seventeen years old now. So he's his father's been gone for a while. Yeah, you know, so. Billy's uncomfortable uncomfortable about it. He's laying the law down on Tim. Oh, yeah. He's he's telling him like, "Look, do not listen to anything this guy says. Do not give him this money. Like, hands him this big wad of cash, you know, so that he he can basically be okay without, you know, resorting to leaning on his father for money or for anything because he doesn't want him to even go. He wants him, you know, if he's going to go, he wants him to go get this damn thing signed be back in like an hour." He's like laying the law down like um, Barney is for when Clarice has to visit Hannibal Lecter. Like, <laughs> don't pass him paper. Don't do not do this, do that. Like, I was like, oh my God, what did he do to you? Like, I think it's like even worse than physical abuse because that's just crazy. Something had to have happened to Billy himself. It's possible. I mean, there might have been some slapping around, you know, physical abuse uh, with Billy. You know, they don't really come out and say it here. And it's probably better that they don't because leaving it just ambiguous enough is better, I think. Just so that we can, you know, not hate him for this episode. <laughs> right, right. So obviously this is a guy who has some issues, some problems, and that's all we need to know at this point. So Tim goes and he first stops by what he, where I guess he thinks his father is at and he's not there. And the woman's like, you, you tell him I want my Conway Twitty. I know. I'm like, I've only heard of Conway Twitty and like family guy. Who is this person? A country singer. I mean, I only know him, I think because my grandmother listened to the country when I was a kid. And so I'm pretty sure I heard Conway Twitty uh, a lot on the radio. Um, so he's, he's kind of a famous country singer, older country singer. Um, I believe he's long since passed. I'm not a country girl. Yeah, me, me neither. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was that was funny. And so Tim finally tracks his father down, and he's working at a golf range. So is he working there, or is he just playing there? I couldn't figure that out. I think he works there. I believe he probably caddies there, and and does some other stuff. I believe there because I think I think he needs to make a living. And my guess is his father's pretty is good enough at golf. He probably he might be like a part time instructor, maybe or something like that. I think he has a job there, though. Whatever the exact uh, job is, I'm not entirely sure, but I think he does work there. All right, so, I can take that. <laughs> um. So at first, at first blush, his dad kind of seems pretty cool, right? I mean, he's he's golfing the and. You know, he sees Tim, and they give us like this big hug, and then they go to a diner, right? His dad signs, you know, signs yeah. it. No questions asked. Doesn't like no lecture, nothing like that, you know. And he, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I should be buying you a beer or something like that." And Tim's like, "Well, I got, I got to sober. drive," <laughs> even though. And plus, he's been sober for like six weeks. <laughs> right, right, and you know what? If at first I thought that was a big lie. 
At first, I thought that maybe that was just something he was saying to impress Tim. Like, I need to say something impressive about myself. Like, I just... It's like, later on, they're drinking beer. So I'm like, right. okay, that lasted. <laughs> right. So, um, obviously, Tim coming in, maybe it was a celebration thing. You know, let's have some beers or whatever. But, um, obviously, yeah, it's, that's, that's done. If that was even, if that even was true, which it may not have yeah. been. You know, because Billy does like say, you know, he won't. He's a liar. You may not know, but he's a liar. <laughs> right. So probably a good liar. Right. So I mean, they're sitting, in, you know, at night on the, you know, like they're having this like nice conversation, you know, where they seem like they're like talking, getting to know each other a little bit, and like I said, initially it seems like his dad's pretty cool, and yeah, um, like the whole time I'm waiting for the ball to drop. <laughs> I'm right. waiting for him to get hit or to ask for money, something to happen to this kid. Yeah. But before we get to that, because I'm, I'm kind of shooting ahead a little bit, because they do go to the bowling alley first. Right. Yes. And, and I thought this was interesting that there, you know, we ran into a woman who, you know, kicked him out, had enough of his crap, and didn't want him anymore. Then there's this lady at the bowling alley who seems to absolutely like him. So she's kind of, you know cool you know she likes she likes him maybe they've dated or something this woman and you know shakes uh tim's hand and you know tells us about how his dad always talks about him and that's it's kind of a weird thing because it's not something you feel like she's lying about yeah but i'm like i'm instantly like i'm waiting for like man like they must be just in on it together and they're tricking him or something like it's weird i don't think so it's a weird thing. It's like from a distance, he's like he's proud of his son. Maybe it's uh, there's a lot of shame there, and I think that's probably it. I think there's a lot of shame in not being around for Tim, and maybe it's like one of those kind of things where it's a mixture of shame for not being a good father, self self loathing for not being a good father, and also maybe a sense that. Tim is probably a little better off without him yeah. in his life on a daily basis. It's like, it's not, it, it's such a, it's a mixture of things. It's not, it's not simple, which I mean, he's human. So it never is simple. Nope. You know, we are not simple creatures. No, no. But I feel like it's some mixture of that, which seems to keep him at a distance from Tim yeah. in his life, you know, his life. Yeah, I agree with that. So, but yeah, anyway, I mean, you know, it's a pretty, you know, good looking woman, you know, it's just like, thinking, wow, you know, I was, at first I thought maybe she was going to introduce him and be like, hey, this is my wife or something, you know. Yeah, really or, drop the bomb. Right. Like that woman that, that Tim met was someone that he had dated maybe months or years before or something, you know, and, and this woman's his wife. Well, apparently not. But they do seem pretty comfortable and, and affectionate. Yeah. She so. knows them. They've probably been on a few dates. Don't know if they're actually dating, but seem comfortable. Right, yeah. It's good. Alright, so uh, we have this scene of Lila and um, Jason in the truck. And I and I really like the scene. I wrote it down. So I like the scene. Um, it finally seems as though some sense is uh, creeping into Lila's head. Yeah, like instant regret for jumping into this like she wants to you know slow down immediately and he's completely in but she wants to withdraw and weigh out her options it seems 
Well, I think, first of all, I think it's kind of smart. It is. Um, <laughs> it's because we talked about in the last episode, like, this is a big mistake. Yeah. You know, these are way too young and just with everything that they're going through or what they've gone through as a couple and is just separately. It's not a decision to be made lightly. And I, I think that finally Lila is starting to see that a little bit or at least know that it's not a decision to be made lightly. Like, all right, so in the beginning of the show, after Jason got hurt, I mean, she was all like, we're going to get married and we're going to have kids, you know, all these things. Like, she was still sticking so stubbornly to that that dream, that vision, that mirage, really. Yeah. And uh, it's like at this point, she's now starting to see that there are real consequences. Um you know, positive and negative aspects, obviously, in getting married, uh, both as young as they are and, and just in general, because, you know, she's going to have to do a lot for, for Jason. And it, she needs to be sure that it's something that she can do. Yeah. Like, it could be a lot of work for a while. And it's something that she's not used to being the one to, you know, carry the other partner. It's usually just Jason. She planned on just being at his side and being the kind of like football wife for her life. But she's going to have to do work on her own. She's kind of realizing that, that they need some time to you know build a foundation, which is smart. You know, they should not be getting married and actually just building a solid foundation for themselves. Right. Just be together. Yeah. Enjoy you know, get, u- get used to the new reality um, as it is, instead of uh, jumping right into something that is a big decision yeah really guys oh yeah um okay so that was pretty like i said a pretty good scene i really like that and then we get into um another scene um which is uh oh (laughs) so so julie wants to go to this concert right matt you know, had uh, I guess got got tickets or whatever, and um, Julie is begging Tammy to yeah. let her go, and she's like, "I will get on the on the ground, I will grovel, I will beg." We could have a family night, <laughs> I right? Liked which, that one, right? I mean, you're, you're seriously like bargaining chips here, <laughs> and um, so it feels like like Tammy relents, right? So she's like, "Okay, you know, fine, whatever." And, uh, but that doesn't turn out too well because it turns out Matt has kind of agreed to go on this TV show with Eric and therefore they need to cancel their plans to go to this concert that obviously A, Matt invited her to in the first place and B, she was really looking forward to. And, uh, this is the first time that, that we hear the word girlfriend yeah, and like really, she like really, girlfriend. says girlfriend. <clears throat> right, because so he's you know talks about. Oh, she says you know. Well, I guess it's okay. I but I am I guess the like the most understanding and wonderful girl, and uh, and then he's like, well, and could you watch my grandmother? <laughs> <laughs> Which just the the cherry on top, right for. 
for everything that's going on and canceling. She's like, oh, by the way, can you do me an, an extra solid and watch my grandmother? Right. Babysit so, while I go be on TV. <laughs> right. So she said, what, what, you know, why not? I'm not doing anything now anyway, so why not? And uh, that's when, that's when he says, you know, you are the most understanding girlfriend. And she's like, oh, girlfriend, really? So you get the sense, yeah, that's the first time they've ever officially put an, a label on them as a couple. Yeah, they like, haven't been actually a, talked about it yet. Right. They've been a couple, but they haven't exactly made themselves that exclusive item that, that is what it is when you're, you're technically dating and your boyfriend, girlfriend. Yep. So. <laughs> the terminology for it. <laughs> Right. Um, I love the scene of um, uh, Tyra and her at the um drugstore. Oh yeah, and That's they're right. trying to lipstick, and she's talking about the strip club. I've never been to a strip club before. In five minutes in there, and you know it's kind of scary. She's like, oh, they're basically harmless, and then she whispers to her, "You know, our biggest client is Buddy Garrity." I was like, whoa, oh my I, god, I'm, I'm not surprised. No, really. I um, knew you were a little disgusting. <laughs> right. Well, apparently he's a lot of disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that was great. And then, of course, she's like, oh, that's, that looks really great on you to Jolie because she tried on this, I guess, lip gloss or whatever. Um, and she's like, I can't really afford it. And Tower has her shoplift. Yep. Teaching her some new tricks, I guess. And I'm like, I'm like, oh no, now it's gonna go down a bad path for her, and like, but you know, doesn't seem to be a big deal. Tara does it, but I don't think that she'll be following those footsteps. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting, but we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So we have this. Uh, so we kind of have this other scene um, where, well, we have the. Well, okay, first of all, we have the scene with. Uh, coach and Matt on TV, and that doesn't go very so well. It is. It's like you have you have Coach, who's you have Eric, who's Coach, and and that he just is Eric, and uh, and we love him for it. Uh, and then you have Matt, who's Matt, and he's such um, a nice person, and it, they. On TV, trying to interview, like Matt's trying to interview him and and ask questions, and it just it's just awkward. You're right, it's so awkward. Yeah, like and you're so stupid for the first question you ask to be like, "Hey, is Smash gonna play?" Like, you think he's gonna tell you on live television? Like, come on, Matt, you're smarter than that. Right, right. It sounds to me like a question. All the guys were like, "Hey, this is gonna be your first question. We need to find out if he's gonna be playing or what." Yeah. So, um, so that's going on. So, meanwhile. While that's going on, we have this awesome scene where Julie's like, there's a, um, the doorbell rings. And she's like, oh, by the way, I invited a friend over. Is that okay? And Grandma's like, yeah, I like people enough. And <laughs> I jumped to that where uh, Tyra is painting Grandma Saracen's toes, yeah, toenails. It's so sweet. And she's drinking like wine or, or yep. something. And she's just like, all of a sudden, like, it's an entirely different person. The glasses are off and she's just like having a blast Girls with these. Night. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you don't even know the last time that grandma Saracen had a girl's night. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> right. It's been some time since a girl's night 
for her. So it's nice to see this this just fun little time, fun little party that they're having here. And Tyra's like, hey, you can let Matt know that you have other options. Yeah, I liked that conversation. Like, you could just, you know, say that somebody from the basketball team's interested in you. I don't know like, anybody on the basketball team. But he doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she's so oblivious to the games and stuff. Like, She's just, so innocent and sweet. Right, I know. It's it's like you just want to give her a big hug. Um, You're about to go down the rabbit hole, Alice. Right. Right. So, um, all right. So then we kind of uh, get back to to uh, him and his dad. So they have that conversation in the back, uh, the backyard, like we mentioned earlier. And then, so they go on the the range, and they're going to play, you know, 18 holes. And so they start this bet where Tim tells him that if he wins that his dad has to come and watch him play on, on Friday. Yeah. And that if, if his dad wins that um he doesn't tell some uh, girl's number or something like that. The, the the girl at the beginning that wanted the Conway Twitty. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, um so he's like, "Okay, fair enough." And and you can tell these are these two people are competitive. And we saw a bit of that earlier in the episode because they were playing like bowling and stuff and you can see even in that that his dad's a pretty competitive person and it translates over into golf of course which makes sense and we know you know tim's pretty competitive too and so these like two people who are very different but also not that different and yeah we know where he gets it from <laughs> yeah and so they have this match and initially tim is just kicking his ass I mean, yeah. he's just up and down this this golf course, and and his dad just got this like pissed off look on his face because he's like, Tim's just doing what he's doing, and um, but his dad comes back, and and ends up uh, ends up winning the yeah. the whole thing on the final hole, and it, this was actually a tough scene to watch in a way because this whole thing while being competitive and everything and they're jabbing at each other and, and all that. The fact is Tim's a kid and he just wants his dad to come watch him play football. Yeah, and, exactly. And his dad, you know, like, look, you didn't win. So I'm not doing it. Like he's, you know, Tim's like, you look, if, if you didn't want to come and watch me play, you could have just said so. And it would have saved us both a lot of time. And he's obviously really, really upset about it. You know, he just wants his dad. I mean, he hasn't seen his dad in years or very rarely, you know, over the years. And so to see him, the look on his face is just a mixture of disappointment and anger and just, I don't know, confusion. You know, because on one hand, it's like, He's getting mixed signals. So at the bowling alley, this woman's like, your dad talks about you all the time. And he's always like, he knows the scores and how many, your, your stats and all this. So it's like on one hand, it feels like this is a really proud dad. And then on the other hand, you won't come watch me play. So what is it? Are you, are you proud of me? Do you care about me? Or, or do you not care? Like it, it's, he's getting mixed signals here. Yeah. It's like. He had to have done something to piss off the whole town. Like, you get the feeling that he screwed over somebody in that town that made a bad name for himself. That he doesn't, he's ashamed to go back, That even for his kid, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, again, we don't know the particulars. So what exactly happened, we're not sure. But like you said, it's obviously a bad thing. So it, it's keeping him from coming back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens uh, down the road. All right, so we have that. And, and so Matt, or I keep calling him Matt. Um, <laughs> Tim. Tim Tim storms off and, you know, his dad's like, you know, because he, he didn't shake hands, you know, and, and in golf and you're supposed to shake hands at the end. And uh, Tim's just, he doesn't care because that was never the point of playing. Um, it was, to Tim, I think it felt like more of a a game to play, but dad's going to come watch me play no matter what. And, and when his dad told him that, it was like, what? What the hell? Um, so he storms off and with his dad yelling, him, yelling at him and uh, he gets back home and Billy... It's very tentative. Billy doesn't know what to expect. He can't believe that, that Tim stayed the night. Um, but you can see there's a lot of reservations on his face. Yeah, he's waiting for Tim to talk first and to tell him like what's going on and if everything went okay. And, you know, Tim's just very um, to the point about it. He's like, you know, yeah, Speed stayed the night, signed the paper, says hi. How much else? And then they get interrupted, someone at the door. And pulls Tim away. Off right. to a party, right? Yeah. Yeah, the rally girls just burst in and like, come on, Tim, you're, you're going. And they right, drag him out the, the door. Girls. <laughs> right, right. Um, so that, of course, means that Matt has to, to go too. So Matt yep. gets dragged. And it's funny because Grandma is like, literally like pushing him out the door laughing. Like it's the best thing in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like Grandma's like. Yeah, yes, you, you you scantily clad girls take my my grandson and go do whatever with him. I don't care. You're he's QB one. He that's fine. Whatever. You know, it's just like it's just like this uh, almost like an obliviousness and and yet not and just doesn't matter. Like it's all gravy. For yeah, her. I like that it matters to you know get a babysitter one time, but <laughs> now it's just like don't have a choice. Right. No big deal. Right. Um. Yeah, because nobody's there in case something happens. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, so he gets dragged there, and we also have the scene with uh with Tammy. Well, okay, first I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead. So there's um this practice scene where Smash is out in the field, and he's just you can tell that the drugs not being in the system, he's kind of getting through the detox of of the lack of steroids. Yeah, and his energy level isn't as high. He's doing his job on the field but he's not it's not that extra 15 percent 20 percent that makes smash smash yeah exactly and and coach he just he just comes down hard on him you know um he makes him run run and do suicides and because he first of all he thinks he's talking back and he's just it's like he's he's still doing the same thing as in that first scene in the locker room where he's just a constant level of vitriol aimed at, at smash for his error suicides are the up and down on the bleacher right yeah i believe so yeah Oof. <laughs> poor guy right right so so tammy gives him some advice and I, and i love it because in this instance you can tell that eric just needs to wake up a little bit um needs to see things clearly and what he can't see and what Tammy points out to him is that 
you're coming down so hard on him. He made a mistake, a stupid mistake, a mistake he never should have made. I was mad at him. You obviously were mad at him. But he's a kid, and he, and he made a mistake, and he's doing everything he can to get back in your good graces, and you just will not let him. And I think, you know, as he so rightly puts it, I think you're you're taking his joy away. You're taking away his happiness that he gets from football and what it what it means to him. And it it gets through. He you can tell Eric stops in that moment and kind of suddenly it clicks like, oh, you know what? Maybe I think maybe you're right. Maybe I am coming down too hard on him. Yeah. I love the scene where he goes and sees Smash and you got the kids playing football and you got the one little cocky kid that is like mini Smash and immediately like comes right. to the coach and's like, I remember my name because I'll be seeing you in like 2014 and uh, something Shepherd. And like that kid's like arrogantly cute, just like Smash. Right. Because that, that, was, that was Smash, you know, 10 years earlier. Yep. You know, so... um. All right, so we have we have that, which is great because, you know, Eric has this moment where they sit and they talk and they, they talk about what, what football really means and, you know, take away the glory, take away all the, 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 the pain on the field and the injuries and, and all that stuff, what it means to love football. And I think as an extension, it's really talking about what it means to love anything. And in life, to have a joy uh, to pursue anything that you love, and you got to be careful because if you don't, if you don't do things right, um, you can not enjoy doing it. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's he's he's literally talking to Smash about what he, in a way, kind of what he almost made happen to Smash, which was to make him stop loving the game. Yeah. So. Yeah, lovely scene. Um, then uh, the next part is um, going to see uh, the calendar girl party. <laughs> All right, so My least favorite scene. Right, so you know, you have this uh, this big pool party, and obviously, this is a a scene that requires all the football players to be there because they all have to pose with the rally girls to take pictures for each month of the calendar. Um, so it's a, obviously a once a year thing, and this is the first time, obviously, that Matt is there because I don't think he was ever invited before. No. And uh, and so he he doesn't want to do it, but you know he kind of gets forced into doing it by Tim. He's like, "Look, you're gonna do it. You're gonna take pictures. You'll be fine." And and you said you were like uncomfortable with that scene. Oh, like, it's just, it's painful to watch because, like, Matt has absolutely no backbone in him. Like, you can see that he doesn't want to be there, but at the same time wants to be involved. But he's just, we're losing Matt a little bit in this. Like, those, right, one of the rally girls almost kissed him and he didn't do anything. Oh, it was just sad to watch. Well, I think that's part of what this episode is about is, you know, well, first of all, it's called Upping the Ante, which is obviously a direct reference to, to Tim and his father and in and, and their game and, and upping the ante in life. Um, what are you willing to risk, you know, um, in life or on a daily basis or even if it pertains to a goal or a passion or something that you have? Um, in this instance, 
I feel like Matt is kind of getting a little lost in what it means to be QB1. Now, initially, it's not really his fault, right? I mean, he gets caught up in the beginning of the episode because they want to interview him and stuff. And he's very apologetic. He didn't even, he's like, I didn't even think they'd be that long. And I thought it was going to be, you know, five minutes. And so initially, it's like, okay, he's kind of just, he's kind of getting dragged to these things. It's not like he's seeking them out. Really, it's just yeah. like, hey, I need you to do this. You're going to do it. And so he does it. But at the same time, I feel like in, in the Rally Girl instance, um, he could have put his foot down and just said, look, I'm not doing this. Or he whatever. could have gone in the house, used the phone, and called Julie up, let her know what was going on at the very least. Yes. Yes. And obviously, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, so she was um, blindsided. Before we get to that, let's talk uh, for a second about the court case between Eric and... Um, Jason and Jason. So yeah. there's this uh, courthouse scene where they're both standing there. Basically, they're waiting to go in and probably reach some sort of a settlement um, between he and the family. And you know, so he and Jason have this conversation. And he, because Buddy, uh, a few scenes earlier, had come to, to Eric and said that you know, I, I need your advice. And this is what they're doing. They want to get married. And how can they? And all this stuff. And so Eric. And being a good friend, even when he probably shouldn't be, decides to try to give him a little bit of advice while they're standing there. And, and, and he kind of imparts, I think, a little wisdom maybe or tries to when it comes to Jason and, and the relationship and everything that's going on. So, yeah, like just yeah, I like the advice just just to make make damn sure. I mean, this is a commitment for the rest of your life. Take it seriously. Yeah. It's very true. I mean, it's a, it's a big it's a big decision. And, and like Ty, or Lila, Lila said earlier in the episode, you know, she didn't even know if Jason wants to go to college. Jason has never asked her about college or anything in the future. And, and you've got you to gotta talk about that, you, you know, especially at this stage in their relationship and what they're trying to do. You definitely need to start hammering this stuff out because that's a big deal. Yeah. Like you, at that age, you shouldn't have to be sacrificing you know, where you want to go to school either. So you got to decide whether you want to, you know, go to the same school if you want that or if you want to do long distance relationship. Like there's a lot of, a lot of obstacles. Oh, definitely. No doubt about it. Um, All right. So the next thing we have is a scene between Matt and Julie in the hallway at school. <sighs> it broke my heart. So Julie, let me set the scene. So Julie is at her locker and Matt comes up behind her and, uh, well, he asks her how she's doing, da-da-da, and Julie kind of tries to play it cool, I guess, uh, a little bit. But you can tell that she's very stressed. And uh, what happens here? Why don't you take this uh, scene because it's pretty brutal. Yeah, like, she asked where she he was last night. And immediately, you should know, Matt, that you just got busted and come clean. But he still tried, he lies. And, like, I couldn't believe Matt lied to Julie. And, like, uh, that was just, I mean, I'm pretty sure if he hadn't have lied right then, she probably, they would have been in a fight, but she would have forgiven him and they could have carried on. But he lied straight to her face. And just the look on her face, it's like, she looks like Bambi when his mom dies. Like, it's just the saddest face. Right. I mean, look, it's a big deal. And, and for her, she it's more about just wanting 
to know where and and what was going on and on top of that i think she's just she's kind of sad because it's just like the the cherry on top when it comes to everything that's been happening in this episode you know with the restaurant and then canceling the plans to go to the concert to go on tv with his dad and then the rally girl stuff and it's just like are you are you matt or are you qb1 i mean you can't be both yeah yeah i can't wait like he's he's transforming into a different person i can't wait till we see julie transform into like you know we have innocent sandy and we can turn her into slutty sandy (laughs) have tyra do a full makeover on her (laughs) well we'll see what's coming up in the the future episodes here um all right so so that obviously ends the almost ends the episode on on a very um down note however we do get a scene here. It's it's the it's the end. Well, first of all, there's two scenes. One, um, it's kind of a funny scene. So Eric and the coaches are in his office, and all of a sudden, Smash bursts in, and he is just out of breath. I mean, even though they had they had this really nice moment, you know, on the on the porch and throwing around the football with the kids and everything, you can still get the sense that for Smash, he's on exceptionally thin ice, and so he like. Wherever he was, he was like he sprinted from where he was at to the coach's office, probably in record time. Burst <laughs> in, and he's like, "Okay, I was across, and and I ran as fast as I could." And he's just like, and I love the way Eric he just plays it stone cold, you know, just stares at Smash and says, "Smash, you're starting tonight. You're starting tailback," and the and, and then. Smash stops and gets this like slight little smile on his face and and um almost looking at at Eric almost like say that again and really? and I love what what Eric says which what you want a hug you know like <laughs> get, get out, out, of here. out of here right and, don't make um, me change my mind <laughs> right so he closes the door and then Smash you know is excited you know smacks his hands together and and. Yeah, so it feels like maybe things are starting to turn the corner for Smash, and, and maybe he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully everything keeps going fine for him. No more steroid use. And the last scene. So what happens in this last scene? Why don't you cover it? So last scene, um, Smash is giving a very passionate prayer for the team, you know, as they do before their game. And you know, everyone's got their eyes closed, and they're in the prayer, except for Matt. He's got his eyes open and just the, you know, worried look on his face that he just, you know, he messed up. He's just not into it. And who knows if he's going to be in it on that game. Very true. Very true. But then they're heading out onto uh, the field. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Tim's... uh, father he is actually shows up like billy just like grabs and pulls him aside like any next chicken like what i'm about to start what is your problem like dad's here <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> so the guy actually pulled through and showed up right and and i get the sense that it took a lot for him to come i mean whatever baggage he's got whatever issues he's dealing with whatever guilt he's suffering from i mean yeah whatever it is I get the sense that after Tim left, 
he probably went to the bar and knocked down about <laughs> seven to twelve beaters yeah. by himself and got almost totally blitzed and in. I don't know, somewhere in there he had enough time to think and realize that maybe at least just one time he should be a good father or at least an okay father and actually be there for Come his son. through for him. Right. Yeah, it was nice. So, and you could see the look on Tim's face was, you know... I think he knows like it took a lot for his dad to come. And so you get a sense that it, it means a lot that he's there. So it was a nice way to end the episode because it was kind of an uplifting note, which doesn't always happen, which I, I appreciate sometimes, you know, the way episodes end isn't always um, on a positive note. And so, but in this instance, it was kind of deserved because, you know, Tim deserved that. So, yeah, yeah, it was a really nice way to end the episode. All right, so um, I guess we'll jump uh, quickly into our thoughts about the episode before we get into rating it. So, what were your overall thoughts? What did you What did you think about this? What did you like and dislike? Was there anything you disliked in this episode? Mm, nothing I really disliked. I probably say that about every episode. I really nothing I disliked. Um, lots of things I loved though. Um, I love everything about Julian Tyra. Like, that's my... And Grandma Saracen. Anything with Grandma Saracen, I just love. But their girls' night was just adorable. And, um... <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved everything. With Tim, you get a bit of background knowledge on his dad. And and it, it, it certainly wasn't what I thought it would be. Which is nice when you're watching something. You kind of think, oh, that's gonna, they're going to play this out this way. And... Then he's going to turn and, you know, just be this kind of asshole again. And that's just going to be the end of that storyline. But they're better than that. So they're, you know, taking it in a different direction, which I really appreciate. Um, and, you know, the, the Matt and Julie stuff is just so sad and heartbreaking. But, you know, they can either just be the perfect couple and it's boring through the whole season or give them, you know, some depth and dimension and troubles to overcome. So I appreciate that as well. Yeah. Um, nine out of ten. Really okay. love this episode. Okay. Uh yeah. Look, um, I like the the fact that we got tension in the the Matt Julie relationship. Um, I think it's now at a point where we can get into some of that because you know we're fourteen episodes now into this show. They've been a couple now for I don't know maybe six episodes, six or seven episodes now. So. It's now to the point where you feel like they they need to start getting some of that tension in there and things that they can can fight over and argue over without it becoming a burden on the show and I, I that I don't think that'll happen. Um, and so I like that a lot and I love the the map or not the map but the uh, Julie and Tyra yeah. stuff. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, it's just like opposites mixing so well somehow um and i liked i liked the tim i like the riggin stuff this week i it, it was really a almost like a riggin centric episode really you know we got a lot of time with him we got to see him in a different environment interacting with his father and and all of the positive and negative things that came with that experience um like i said that that's what i meant when i said more shading for a certain character, and and that's Tim, because we got a chance to see him 
play a few different notes. This was a son really wanting his father and wanting to be respected by his father as a as a man, as a person, and uh, and getting the approval from his father as well. Because see, I think Tim was too young. Whenever whenever this all went down, I think Tim was too young to understand really what was going on, or at least enough of what was going on. Um, or at least the specifics, because I've always seen Tim as someone who viewed his father in a more positive note than Billy. Yeah. Who obviously hates his father. Um, so Tim was always more susceptible to kind of just seeing his father on level ground. Yeah, and, he's still, like, he's not completely jaded from, you know, whatever happened. Right. So... In this instance, it was nice for him to interact with his father and see the good and bad things about his father. And maybe some of that, what he saw, was some of the things that eventually caused him to go away. So I really like the Riggins stuff. It's, anytime we get anything Riggins centric, I'm all on board because <laughs> I, you know, he's such an interesting character and, and someone who I think there's so much more to him than what you think. But it's only when you actually get the chance to see it that you go, oh, wow, there is a lot more there. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it was really great. Yeah. Yeah, Briggins is great. He's a good character. And I like that they're fleshing him out more and more. Right. Yeah, Um, I got to give this episode um, eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half out of ten. pretty solid. Right. It's a good episode. A lot of solid stuff here. A lot of really great, um, great character work from everyone involved. So... Yeah, that right. about wraps it up. Should we do our motto? All righty. Yep. Uh, clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't, can't lose. <laughs> All right, everyone. I guess we will see you next time, next episode. All right. All right. Ha- have a good night or a good day wherever you are. Have a good night.